Okay, mamas, ladies. After having three babies, I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found Skims. So right before I had Bear, Skims sent me a couple of maternity bras. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort. And it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the, quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra. And it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever worn. It's seamless, flawless, perfect. You're going to love it. If you're a fan of no underwire, the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra and the no-show unlined demi bra. I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts, which is the color I usually go with, but they have a color for everybody. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, nursing, or none of the above, and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop down menu that follows, skims.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today we're talking about a couple with their kids traveling all the way around the world and back again. That's Jess and Garrett. Can I be honest? Uh, they're one of my favorite people to follow. I know. They're so fun. Every video they have is really well done. And it's also incredibly based. They're always in Africa or some magical place. Tonga, Turkey, Maldives. They've gone to Zanzibar. They've gone to like a hundred countries. Yeah. Been traveling. They went traveling full time for three years. Yep. With their babies. With their three kids. Yep. And they've documented it all, shared it all on social media and YouTube specifically. If you haven't heard of the Bucketless family, go check them out. They do an awesome job. We actually got a chance to work out with Garrett and Jess. Four years ago. Four years ago in, uh, yeah. Park City, Utah. That's right. It was before babies for us. We were talking about their travels. We were talking about how we were wanting to have kids and we were starting to try. And four years later, we're finally getting to talk to them again. We've had countless trips planned with them. And we're supposed to go to Hawaii this summer. Yes. So CBD. We'll let you know. We'd love to meet up with them in person. And, and at the end of this interview, they tell us the two countries we need to go see this summer. So I'm going to book it. Also, do you remember when we met them in person? Him saying that he was a huge fan of you. He and had my picture <laughs> in his locker. Yeah. What? We did not talk about that. Garrett. We probably should. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, funny stuff. Uh, Honestly, Garrett's background, though, is really impressive. So he created software that, like, scans barcode. Yep. And sold it to Snapchat. Worked for Snapchat for a year. Then used whatever money he got from selling that to spark their travels around mm -hmm. the world. Um, and now they have a company called Bucketless Studios where they're developing animation and different types of content that uh, is all in this family lifestyle space that, you know, we think is so important. So anyway, if you want to find out more about Jess and Garrett and the Bucketless family, we'll link their information down below. Thank you to Jess and Garrett for joining us. And we hope you enjoy this show. Let's roll into it. Well, Jess and Garrett, it's been a couple of years since we hung out in person, but thank you for joining us on the show today. How are you two? We're great. Yeah, we're doing well. 
We're just we just, just want to another... hang out with you guys. That's all. So if we have to do it on a podcast, then fine. Well, well I will try to make it so we end up in Hawaii okay. this summer. Working very hard. Um, what's it like to be way cooler than most other families, including us, in the world? What is it like? We can't tell you. <laughs> guys i have so many questions now as parents so when we ran into you guys we didn't have either of our babies no you and you were working on it i think we were working on it had to work fast already two two littles over there geez popped them out quick quick. but i have such a different appreciation for what you guys actually do now now being parents (laughs) i have a million questions how do you fly with your children how do you sleep in a hotel room or not in a hotel room? How do you camp with them? What? We just flew from San Diego back to Nashville, and our kids almost had a meltdown. I need all of the secrets. They're about to school us up. I mean, here's the thing is we just Real quick, I'm going to tell you it. right now. Jess is about to dumb it down and be like, oh, we're not that. No, Jessica really is like the pro and full but of all the of thing. the tips. Kid- don't sad. Don't be satisfied with her like half answers. You need to get the like real expert. <laughs> okay, we'll do. We'll do. Here's the thing: these are kids, no matter where they are, right? We just have meltdowns on airplanes and meltdowns, meltdowns in the Serengeti, and meltdowns on boats. You know what I mean? Like we still have them. I think for us, our kids are so you know, as parents, you're kind of taught and you read all these books about like consistency and like getting your kids in a routine. But our kids' routine is non-routine. So, you know, we still, we try to have our little routine within our inconsistent lifestyle, right? So we still have a nap time and we still have, you know, certain times of the day and bedtime routines, but it's still just kind of within this, like, you know, we're in a different hotel room every night or something like that. Um, And, and, you know, like you guys and most parents have realized like, oh, if you're going to miss a nap time, you're going to pay for it, right? But the kids kind of learn you nap on the go and you nap in the stroller and you nap on the plane and you just have to give them the benefit of the doubt and know that they're struggling because they're tired or they're hungry. Is there are there any like I don't want to say traumatic, but traumatic like meltdown stories that you've tried to just like push out of your head? I'll say our kids. I'm trying to think of like meltdown stories. I don't know if you'd consider this a meltdown. It's a different kind of messy story. But we were on one flight from China. Was it China all the way to LA? Where did we fly into? It was into? a long, it was an Asian, it was like a It was one of those like flight. 12 hour flights. And our middle child. Uh, Who is potty trained? He was, was potty trained, trained, but he I was sleeping on like our little like three row seat in the middle of the plane. And he was just laying right on top of me. And in the middle of the night, I wake up to him. Just peeing. Peeing on me. And I was, oh my gosh, that what a way to wake up, right? Because you always say you're like, wow. pack an extra set of clothing for kids, right? That's a given. But for dad well, to just did. be wow. like, he covered. Anyways, yeah, so I didn't have extra clothes, but he did. So I wake up, we get cleaned up, we change his clothes, we go back to sleep because there's still like six hours left in this flight. I don't know what the kid drank. But like three hours later, he peed on me again. <laughs> I'm telling you, he hadn't like wet the pants for like year before that and then on this flight he decided to do it twice both times on me it was yeah that that was quite the traumatic experience but that day 
I feel like that wasn't like a win. Like that wasn't like a marital win because you were so mad at me. Like you just had to take your anger out at somebody. Do you guys ever like just get so mad at like the kids and you're not going to take your anger out on the kids, but you like just take it out on each other. I've actually never done that. Jess, have you Garrett? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only when I'm pee covered. <laughs> yes. I did feel bad. So I kind of was just like, fine, bring the anger to me. So by the time we got off that flight, not only was I covered in pee, but our child was now naked because he had gone through two cycles of clothes. Oh, no. I will say we've gotten off probably a handful of flights with our youngest in just a diaper or just a diaper and a shirt. Oh, yeah. Or sometimes just like a shirt wrapped around him or like a blanket wrapped around him. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you guys do what you do? It's a great question. I want to hear your answer. <laughs> we don't have an answer for you. It's just like, oh my gosh. Why do we do it? Why do we do it? <laughs> I mean, years ago, it all started as kind of a, a unique situation in our lives where we, uh, Garrett had sold a company and we weren't ready to settle down. We weren't ready to build a house and we didn't know where to be. So we were kind of putting off all grown up decisions and we're like, let's see what we can learn from the world and then take that into like our future family, you know, with a, with a plan for four months of travel. And that four months then turned into three years of full-time travel. And here we are. I think that's what it was. Seven years later and like almost a hundred countries later. I think that's it though, is when we set out, we just wanted to like learn more from the world and we became very addicted to how much we were learning. We were taking Mm -hmm. so much from each of these cultures that we were visiting that, yeah, we, we just didn't want to stop learning, especially together as a family. The fact that we were able to do it together as a family unit I mean, those were just priceless memories for us, and uh, we, we didn't want it to stop. Well, and I think me personally, I'm like just the quintessential like all-American girl next door, right? Like I, I had a dad with a you know a nine-to-five. I kind of just always pictured that for me, and you know having a husband who I don't know probably got a college degree somewhere and and just like worked that nine-to-five. That's always what I pictured. And then I married this guy who is just the king of extreme, and whatever he does, he goes like ten thousand percent always. And my guy. so my like <laughs> moderate lifestyle and personality <coughs> is just queen of moderation, king, king of extreme. That's what I like to say. And um, somehow just over the years, I, I after about four months of travel, I was like, actually, I'm enjoying this. Like much to my surprise, like I like living out of a suitcase. I like living a minimalistic lifestyle. Uh, I love sharing these experiences with my family. So I feel like never in a million years did I ever set up, say, I want to travel the world. I was like, yeah, maybe I'd like to go to Italy someday. That was like probably me growing up. Mm. But now I'm like, I love it. I love it. So for someone who's so normal, I feel like, to be doing something so outside of the box, it's been a huge lifestyle switch for me specifically. One of my favorite things about Jessica is that she was not cut out for this lifestyle, especially the other half of it, the the social media half of it, the Instagram, the YouTube, all of that, like, Jess and her personality type like had zero desire for any sort of fame and success in that realm and uh, just so many things about her personality were not cut out for it and so it's been really fun (laughs) it's been really fun to see how she's like handled with that Uh, honestly I think that's something that you guys do really really well that you can tell that your life on camera and your life off camera is very similar and it was the same thing like I Jess and I would joke that when our YouTube becomes big enough, 
it's gonna and, and Jessica's now like famous mom world traveler it's gonna change her and she's gonna start like getting more Showering. done up and showered and makeup and dressing more fancy nope none of that and, uh, and but you know props to Jess for always just staying true to who she's always been how do you guys found that like find that balance within your family of how much do you film how much do you share how much of it is just your passion how much do you film your children like where are your boundaries when it comes to sharing your life with everyone else and and really maybe to preface that i'd be curious like what sparked the desire to want to document and share all that uh I'll, I'll start off and just say that Garrett is a huge journal keeper, always has. From the day we started dating, oh you know, back in 2009, he wrote in his, he had a little Blackberry and he wrote in it every single day and took really crappy pictures with his Blackberry phone. <laughs> and then the day we got engaged, he gave me a book. We still have it of like literally daily journal entries of our mm. dates and what I was wearing and where we went and what I said, like the sweetest, most romantic person is this guy. And that was like pre-social media. And so when social media came around and we had Dorothy, we had our first daughter, it was such a natural thing for him to be like, I'm going to take her picture every single day. He created an Instagram for our daughter, Dorothy, and posted a photo every single day. First and foremost, always just for us as a journal. And then when we sought out on these travels, it was always going to be just a journal. And kudos to him because he hasn't, you know, really given into a lot of the you know, especially when it comes to like YouTube, you know, we don't follow the YouTube recipe at all. Uh, mm -hmm. Garrett uses copyrighted music. We have 20 minute videos, like everything that you're supposed to do with YouTube, we do not do, but it's because we care so much about our family journal. Um, and he's done a really good job at, at that. Thank you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you do a great job at that. Both of you do a great job at that. I, I, I do think it's been tough because when we started, like Jessica said, it was just going to be a family journal. And then the whole like influencer scene and ecosystem like became something. And so uh, we've, we've tried our best, even though in a way, like we kind of helped create the beast and the monster that is like influencer world. Uh, we've tried to be a good example to people out there and being like, hey, First and foremost, this should be like live your life to the fullest and document it in a way that you want to remember it. Don't document it for like likes and subscribers and any other outside peer pressure. And uh, yeah, so we've, we've tried to stay true to that and just be good examples of that to everyone else. And I'll also add that Garrett, and I'd be curious to hear how it is in your relationship. He is amazing at holding a camera with like whales passing him by and the kids on his arm and then living in the moment. Whereas mm -hmm. I like rarely hold the camera, you know, for me, I'm just cameras all over the place. It doesn't work, but he has got a very incredible skill of like living in a moment and being able to capture, capture it really, really well. I feel like that's different. That's the same with us. Like Andrew can film anything and live in it. If I'm filming it, I'm not experiencing it. Yeah. And <laughs> there'll be times where I'll go off on a trip and he's like, Make sure you film it. This would be really cute to see. And I'm like, I don't think I am capable. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, to be honest with you, it's like I grew, my dad filmed everything. He brought yeah. a camcorder around with him, like the shoulder-mounted <laughs> one. And that's what I grew up like. That's how we experienced things was always he was filming something. And so, so to me, it's never been really like a good oh, family memories, like captured. Yeah. 
We did have a house fire, so all the tapes got lit on fire. I but anyway, <laughs> I know. But thank goodness for YouTube. So that's why yeah. that's why it's like so precious for us to be able to put this in the cloud and like yeah. it actually is crazy. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but like we'll make like um compilation videos kind of where we'll say, Hey, he posted that one Sean posted that one the other day of like kinda of like motherhood. It was so beautiful. Yeah, that was a good one. So yeah. That was good. But now we can actually include our audience in that. And like, yeah. I'll tweet out like, hey, can can anyone find this video of Sean doing like whatever the balance beam in 2007? And someone will like, boom, immediate. it is crazy. So now it's we have librarians working with us on the Internet. It's kind of cool. Anyway, I love that. That's Andrew, my story. It's, it's, it's funny how many different things like you and I have in common. Uh, we grew up also like making family home videos and going on trips and doing music videos and everything. And then crazy scenario, we lost it all. Oh, no. All of it. Yeah. Uh, Mine wasn't a house fire. Mine was the evil stepmom. <laughs> oh, no. no. Wait, crazy. I, what? I am curious, though, to more of you two, like the, the guys. Sometimes I get really caught up in this idea of, oh, I need to document everything. And kind of going to what Jess is saying, it's really hard for me to live in the moment and document it. Do you guys ever feel like sometimes you spend too much time? Do you ever like find that confliction of I'm spending too much time trying to document everything that it could go away and I won't have those like memories? Or I don't know if I feel that way. I'm just no. That's like, why when you lose those thing. like. That, yeah, I get exactly what you're talking about. And that's why I think it's a tricky thing, because I do think it comes down to a personality type. And in a weird way, it really is like a skill to be able to enjoy the moment, embrace the moment while also capturing it. And not everyone can do that. Uh, at least for me, I've never had a time where I like regretted capturing a moment. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Uh, there's been a handful of times where I'm like, oh, shoot, I wish I would have had my camera out for that moment. And I didn't. And I just need to like be okay with it and like remember it in my own heart. But um, yeah, I've never really regretted having the camera out and like capturing a moment that was special. Um, I think the only times the camera does get in the way is as our channel's gotten bigger and we've been working with more brands. There's anytime it is like fabricated or a big like production, especially if we have like a camera crew around us, then that takes away the magic of like a simple family moment. And so we we greatly try to like be very pick like picky and choosy about when we do anything like uh, big production, just because that's the only thing that makes our family feel less like intimate. Um, yeah, so we just do a few of those each year. I'm such a big fan of you guys. I don't know how else to say. It. Uh, I I I I would love to when we come to Hawaii have an extended version of this conversation because sure. I I really respect how you've navigated this well yourself. But Jess, I've heard you describe Garrett as incredibly ambitious, and you mentioning you didn't grow up with traveling or like this, you know, spontaneity uh, as normalcy. How have you guys? gotten on the same page with like hey he's ambitious i'm not or you know i'm not as ambitious he yeah. wants to travel all the time i would like to do you guys have goal setting meetings like touch base meetings is there any routines that you that you have no <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. I feel like our whole marriage has been this constant, like Garrett reach for the stars and me like bring him back in, but it kind of works. Garrett's definitely, um, you know, steering the ship and I'm the motor behind it all. Um, so it's a lot of like give and take, you know, and, um, I never thought I'd be living in a house in Hawaii. Not that I don't love my life, but it's just not what I had initially like pictured for myself. So it's been this kind of, you know, thing that we've had to work through as a, as a marriage of me ending up, you know, sometimes he's like, well, I feel like you're not grateful. And I'm like, well, it's not that I'm not grateful. It's just that I'm genuinely happy where I stand. And that could have been, you know, some house in Colorado, just on a normal street, or it could have been on a beach house in Hawaii, you know? So it's just kind of been us understanding our personalities a little bit more and him being more forgiving and being like, oh, not everybody wants to take over the world like I do. <laughs> uh, some people have to like help me do that. And and so it's just been kind of, I feel like these last two years, year and a half, we've really come to like a way better understanding of each other's personalities and, and, and how to be supportive. And, and him also encouraging me more to like, what do you want to do? And what, you know, what, what are your goals? You know, so so we've had a lot more of those conversations over the last little bit because for a while it, it was tough, you know, when we first settled down in Hawaii, I was so thrilled. I was so thrilled to have a home and start having a community. And, and then we would get an email from the Korean tourism board being like, come to Korea and we'll pay you. And Garrett's like, yes. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But like, you know, the kids have school and Garrett's like, but we can get paid to go to Korea as a family, you know? So it's been such like mm. a, push and pull for years and we're still kind of like working through it. But I mean, it's our spring break right now. And for the first time ever in the last, you know, seven years, Garrett was the one who was like, we need to. Sean, I got a question for you. Okay. What is it? On a scale from chug to sip, <laughs> how would you rate your hydration style? Um, Interesting question. I would say I'm a sip girl. I sip on my <laughs> coffee for literally hours and sip on water throughout the day what about you i would say i'm a chug type of guy yeah. no doubt but whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate liquid iv quenches your thirst faster than water alone i actually really love liquid iv especially since nursing bear i feel like i'm always thirsty i like that it's sugar free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day the flavors are really good and i've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup my favorite flavor is the lemon lime and sean loves strawberry and tropical punch it's crazy to me that one stick in 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASTFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today. Using promo code EastFam at liquidiv.com. I feel like I'm literally staring in the mirror. I know. <laughs> that was, kind of, everything you just said is us. Dude, you, oh my you God. Are Andrew? Yeah. I yes. typically, well, okay. I guess it's almost like um, I, I, I want to use the term FOMO, but that doesn't really capture it. It's like this gratitude is kind of more what I feel of like, oh my gosh, like I cannot believe we have the opportunity to do this. And like, there's no way we're going to miss it. Like, I don't know. It's just an a general, I don't know what makes you tick or wake up in the morning, but for me, it's like, dude, oh my gosh, we're doing it. Like, how crazy is this? And but I'll be the same one. That's like, I don't know if that is worth it. 
to like miss yeah. school and take the kids out of their routine or whatever it is. So we, yeah, we go through the same exact conversation. It's like two different styles of expressing and living with gratitude. Jessica expresses her gratitude by being okay with what she has. Whereas for me, that would feel like complacent. And my way of expressing yeah. my gratitude is making the absolute very most of it because I was like blessed and given these opportunities. So why not just go, go, go? And uh, yeah. yeah, so it's both ways of living with gratitude, just in very well. I think ways. so much of it is being a mom, right? Where you're like, yes. the kids like the kids don't want to miss the sleepovers and the holiday performances, you know. So I feel like I have to be such an advocate for the kids because, you know. I don't know. Our kids live a very weird, very weird life of like how much yeah. traveling they do. And, you know, and Dorothy, I'm like, you want to go to this birthday party or like you want to go to the, you know, on safari? Like, do you want to Safari, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Or go to Antarctica. You know, like it's, it's such a weird lifestyle that most people don't have to like deal with. But, um, you know, we've had to like, we've had to give and take and it, it it's worked out, but. You know, I'm sure you guys have had similar arguments in your home. Do you find that your kids have the travel bug? Like giving them that opportunity to say, do you want to go on a safari or go on a sleepover? Do they sometimes like pull that way of I want to go on a safari? Yeah, they just don't even realize like to them, the world. Am I saying this right? The world is such a small place to them because everything is so accessible. Yeah. So they'll be like oh, I want to go skiing. Should we go to Switzerland or should we go to Colorado or should we go their first? I'm pretty sure their first skiing ever was in Dubai. Qatar in Dubai. Dubai. Um, so, wow. Uh, wow. yeah, it's just their, their like perception of everything is just super wacky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Manila for Christmas, my middle son for Christmas, he's like, I want to go to the Maldives. And I'm like, Santa's not bringing me <laughs> to the Maldives. Oh my gosh. No, literally, uh, Jessica literally said, I don't think that's possible. So then he comes to me and goes, Dad, if you think Santa will bring me a trip to the Maldives, then I'll just take you. Like, mom's out. Oh my gosh. She doesn't have oh this magic. She out. You're in, Dad. <laughs> but like when I told the kids, I was like, Do you guys want to go? We were supposed to go to the Middle East this um, spring break. And it, it wasn't really working out for a whole bunch of reasons. But um, I had asked my kids, um, do you want to go to Israel or do you want to stay home? And every single one of my kids in different situations was like, I just want to be home. So oh, I mean, wow. it, it, it was interesting to us for them to be like, I want to be here. I want to see friends. I just, I'm tired. I want to relax. So like, you know, also now I feel like we're trying harder and harder to take our kids' opinions into what we do and where we go. What are your kids' ages right now? We've got 10, 8, and 5. Oh. Dang. When was the first year that you started noticing their preferences of like, oh, I'm tired of this, or I'm itching to travel again, or that they actually like saw the difference of being home versus on the road? I mean. Honestly, we're just kind of there now. Like, we're yeah. just starting yeah. to learn. Uh, what was the situation? So our oldest is our daughter, Dorothy. And she's maybe my favorite human on this planet. <laughs> and uh, she had the chance. What was, oh, okay. Speaking of spring break, she could either go with her friend on a ski trip or stay at home and surf with me. And I was like, well, that's an easy choice for her. For sure, she's going to choose to spend spring break with her dad surfing. 
And she comes to me and asks if she can go on the ski trip. She wanted to go on the ski trip with her friend. Uh, I've been dealing with that still. I'm not quite oh. over it. <laughs> I tried to ground her, lock her in a tower, whatever it took. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not in a good place emotionally right now because of it. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we're, we're currently dealing with I, that. I will say, though, do I think Dorothy's ready to rage? Like, she's always kind of ready to go and do stuff. Manila, or to like, sorry, I mean, to stay at home. Like, she cares so much about the friends and the community. And maybe it's because she's a little bit older. But Manila, when we left our second, he was one. Like, he loves life on the road. And he actually, mm. frankly, he thrives there. His personality is at its best on the road. But then in an interesting way, when we get home, he struggles. Like, he can't sleep. Even in our home, he won't sleep in the same bed tw two nights in a row. He'll sleep in his bed one night and then on the couch and then in a different bedroom. Like, that to him is comfortable two nights in the same bed is like weird and uncomfortable for him. It's, it's a very Funny. interesting thing. How long have you guys been married? 14 years, April. I think April will be 14 years. Wow. We, uh, the, the longer we're, we're coming up on seven, the longer we're in this thing, the more, well, <laughs> you reach a point where like, you're like, you're like button heads. And then I think just recently I've really appreciated the fact that, oh my gosh, as much, as Sean and I have to work through being different, like thank goodness that she balances me out because otherwise like we would be so out of whack. Everything would probably, so like it's, it's really a beautiful team. It really once is. You grow to, I yeah. am positive Garrett would be dead in the gutter without me. <laughs> how long if, if, I, if Andrew and I went on a trip together, how long would we last? that'd be a scary trip we come home alive we win <laughs> I, you know, I mean it's interesting yeah. i mean again we can chat more about this some other time but like hearing about like i feel like we have share in common um just working with your spouse it's a it's a difficult thing um not yeah. only you know all the travels mm -hmm. but then on top of that you know just how someone works. And that's been so interesting for us over the last few years. And I feel like you've done a way better job, but at first it was like, you're nonstop. Garrett is nonstop. And for me, I'm like, can we please just like turn off and watch a show or go on a walk or something? And that just is so hard for him. And it was so hard for him, I think, to see me like not helping out and not pulling my own weight. Like, anyway, it's just working with your spouse. Wow. Is tough. But awesome. I feel this in my but, soul. Yeah. <laughs> This is how we operate. I feel like if it weren't, like if I weren't in the the picture, Andrew, we'd be living like on a um, school bus, just like <laughs> on a constant road trip for the rest of our lives with the children. And probably working 14 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> well, I, that is the, I've gotten experience unbelievable things that I never imagined. And just, uh, you mentioned that earlier, like you, this was not the life you thought you'd end up living. Same with, you know, Sean and I, I, I stumbled in to dating her and then we got married and it's like, wow, I was supposed, I was going to be building wells in Africa. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I studied civil engineering. I was trying to like do that. And then now we're doing <laughs> YouTube and, but You're welcome. Whether like whether it's career or traveling and like we've been places I never thought we'd get to go, but it is it is kind of cool um, to think 
you can find contentment in whatever situation you're doing, whatever career, whether you're in Maldives or in Hawaii and Nashville, like there is a, that's kind of my main takeaway after experiencing things that I never even knew that I wanted. And then like coming back and now having kids and we've, we've not traveled as much. It's like, Hey, I actually can be just as content in the playroom as I can be in the Maldives. And anyway, that's more of a tangent, but have you guys, have you guys experienced that yourself? Have you? <laughs> yeah, we're the same person. Me. <laughs> answer all my questions for me because he knows my personality type. <laughs> I think for us, I think I think COVID was a huge blessing for Garrett to yeah. have to stay stay put, and we finally made a community here in Hawaii, and now he's got this like cute group of little boyfriends that go out and surf every morning. So so now he's got this life at home. We're not cute, babe. We're tough. <laughs> That he loves. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, something he would say verbatim. Oh I love this conversation right now. Um, but yeah, so I, it's, it was such a blessing, I think, for me. Now that Garrett is like, okay, like I, it's it's a hard toss up. Do I want to be here, like surfing and hanging and working out with my friends and community and playing soccer, or? do I want to travel? And both are great options and we're happy in both places. And frankly, when we leave for the summer, we leave the day after school ends and we get back the day before school starts. I kind of feel like we live this Hannah Montana two lives. I, I completely forget about That's home. That's a great example. I completely forget about home. I, I have to, or I get really homesick. Um, and yeah. for us, those three months of full-time travel is 10 times easier than our spring break trips or our weekend stops you know and i pack the exact same that i do for three months of travel that i do for two weeks on the road you know two week spring breaks or something like that so um we really enjoy our summers it's a very special place for us when we can really get into like this groove on the road and i mean i i think every family should take take a summer or take a month or something and really feel what it's like to like live just with your family unit it's really special that's one thing we would get messages. We do get emails all the time of people wanting to become like full-time traveling families. And we usually try to discourage them just being like, look, it, there's a lot of risk to it. It's really hard, especially if you're wanting to do social media. You guys know how much like you can do all the right things on social media and still just like not pop off or get lucky. And so we usually discourage people away from full-time travel. But Anytime some, somebody wants to do like an extended trip, like a gap year or something, or go live abroad just for a short period of time, I, we think that's one of the best decisions, uh, especially young families can make. Um, so we always encourage that. When you're looking and you're planning like your summers now, I, I know when we ran into you guys four years ago, you were explaining how, you know, the year before you would start planning your entire year of travel and the research you would put into it. Now that you're a family of five with kids, what's your criteria when you're looking for like the next place and what's like your checkoff list or do you have one? You know, now it's kind of interesting. And I think it was about a year ago that Garrett and I were kind of like, how long is this going to go on? Like, how long is this social media thing going to go? Like, I, I don't know, you know, like we, we are grateful and understand the opportunity that we have. So we kind of sat down and we're like, what is actually on our bucket list? What are things that if Instagram died tomorrow and we wouldn't get paid to travel anymore, we couldn't travel, you know, for being hosted. Uh, what are those things we want to do? We made that list. Well, because 
uh, Jessica and I, we both grew up in such like frugal families yeah. that a lot of the experiences that we've we've been blessed to have, we would never, ever shell out. Like even if we can afford some of these places we've stayed, we just wouldn't have it within our frugal spirits to like shell out 20K a night for an experience. But then if we get that special invite, then obviously we want to go and experience and do- document and promote it. Right. And so that's what this list was, was, okay, what are places that we would only go if we were invited and we would never, even as like billionaires, like find I, it within ourselves to be yeah. able to shell out for. And so a lot of our upcoming travels are exactly that, like that part of our list. Uh, some of it, like going to Antarctica or the Arctic is a really good example. It's a very long journey, a very expensive journey, especially if you're going to do it with children. And so that's one where we have to do it as the Buculus family while we can because we, you know, it's the, kind of the only way for us to do it. What does that look like with kids? Like, aren't don't you go from the tip of South America yeah, and so cruise like, down? You either, I mean, usually into like Chile or to Argentina and then you jump on a boat there and then they kind of take you around like Cape Horn. It's usually like at least like a 16 day passage um, there and back. And then crazy waters. Yeah. And a lot of the the majority of the boats won't allow, some of them are like, you need to be at least 16. We found a few that like you need to be at least like 11 years old. And then we found one that was going to take a five year old. (laughs) So, but you know, that'll be interesting. And the kids are used to, you know, being in situations where there's most likely not any other children around, um, you know, and we have games and activities and we, you know, we make it fun for the whole family. Wow. Have you read the book Endurance, Garrett? My two hobbies are ping pong and, and reading. Oh, shit. Oh, that's, that's there where, it is. That's where you guys are not similar. Garrett's read two books in his lifetime, so. <laughs> <laughs> I will challenge you to ping pong, though. <laughs> guys, did you ping know, pong. did you know, fun fact, Jessica wrote a book. It's going to be my third book I ever read will be Jessica's book. Is it out right now? No, it comes out next year. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, we're doing another interview next year. Put it on your calendar. Yep, next year. We're, I'm writing a book. It's like a big like coffee table, 300 page, everything you need to know about family travel uh, with National Geographic. So super stoked. Oh, my um, gosh. Yes. Can I get an advanced copy? I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> yeah. So she started that's- this book three years ago? Uh, yeah, she started it three years ago and she she made it known from like the get go. She wanted this to be her project. Garrett, just stay out of it. And so I did until they showed us like the rough draft of it because they had taken everything she had written and kind of formatted it into the design and everything of this National Geographic book. When I saw it, this like cheer mom, stage mom just overcame me. And now it's all I talk about and think about is I'm just so freaking proud of this book. It's which I was so excited. I really enjoy writing and I I was so excited about the opportunity and I've really enjoyed the whole process, but now that like now that it's kind of about me, I'm like shoot. What have I done? <laughs> like cuz with social media and everything, like I always hide behind my kids and Garrett and I've been able to just kind of be this like just, you know, one of five. And now that this thing is about me, I feel really uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, promote, like I'm not a self-promoting person. So now I'm like a little nervous for this rele- book release next year. That's what you have us for. We'll promote right. for you yeah. guys. <laughs> oh, I'm going to promote her so hard. She's going to be on like the Today Show and I'll be right behind the camera being like, you're doing great, baby. <laughs> 
If you know me, you know I love high-quality clothes and occasionally a luxury item here or there, but I hate spending luxury prices, so I rarely buy anything really nice for myself. That was until I discovered Quince. They have so much good stuff for you guys. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Love that. It's also really important to me that the clothes I wear are created in a safe environment. And Quince only works with factories that use ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So obviously, I really love that. I bought a Mongolian cashmere sweater from Quince and no joke, I have worn it once a week, all fall and winter long. It's so soft, premium quality, and looks like I spent a fortune on it, but it was only 50 bucks. I've told all of my friends about Quint. I also love their men's line and have gotten some nice activewear and performance tees for Andrew that he loves. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quint. Go to quint.com slash Eastham for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eastfam to get free shipping and a 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eastfam. You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus, it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below, and let's get back to it. That's oh. awesome. Okay, so because you're the bucket list family, what we're like, ugh, it's such a cliche question. I'm sure you've been asked this a million times. What are your like three favorite places you've ever been? Mm. And outside of Antarctica, where it's another place that you have yet to check off. My favorite places, I would say, are New Zealand, Rwanda, and Turkey are probably my top three. Wow. Quality. What were yours? Quality. Uh, I'll, I'll give you guys just my very favorite spot on the entire planet. Uh, it's off of the country of Tanzania in Zanzibar, but a very specific kind of heart-shaped island, very small, called Mimba. And... Uh, the the entire island has these 12 little huts on it. And it's the only way to be on the island. Like you can't set foot on this island unless you're staying in one of these 12 little huts. And if you go to this island on an odd year, 
So like 2023 is an odd year. We're going there this summer. The last time we were there was two years ago, again on an odd year. And uh, if you go there on an odd year, then the beaches will be covered in these baby sea turtles that are hatching and making their way to the ocean. And it's not you and hundreds of other, uh, other people and it's roped off and all that. It's just you and nature and maybe a few other people that are with you on this island. And they're, they're making their way down the white sand into crystal clear waters here in Zanzibar. And in the water, there's bottlenose dolphins and humpback whales and whale sharks. It's just nature at its finest with very few humans. Oh my god! I want to go there. <laughs> I want to go there. And then next on our bucket list, um, I'm trying to think what's next on my bucket list. I, I want to swim in the wild with killer whales. Um, one of the best places to do that is in Norway where it's very, very cold and very pricey to go that far. And so I've been researching and trying to find other places to do it in perhaps warmer weather. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. That Either way, that'll happen. Wow. Um, and then I'm ready. Um, uh, you'll kind of notice we love wildlife. So a lot of our travels around wildlife. And I would love to see some panda bears. So maybe China. That would be incredible. Yeah. You want to cuddle a panda bear? I want to cuddle a panda bear. <laughs> okay. Do you guys ever stop and think about how beautiful this yeah. this place we live is? Oh my gosh. That's insane. We we had a little family church at home yesterday and that's what we talked about. Just this beautiful earth we've been given and especially when you go on we're going to safari we're doing safari pretty much all summer this year. And uh when you see the, the circle of life at its like finest, it's it man, I'm just so humbled and I get like teary just thinking about how beautiful this earth is. This uh, this little like home spiritual lesson yesterday on Sunday, Jessica asked each of the kids, like, close your eyes. I want you to picture that you're somewhere, anywhere on the planet. It's a beautiful moment. Now, like, open your eyes and explain this moment. And our middle child, Manila, was like, I'm in the Maldives, sitting on the beach, eating a crepe. And I was like, who is this child? <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> what a beautiful child. What a genius. Uh... But it was really sweet because Callie was like, I'm sitting... I'm in Tahiti and I'm in the ocean and I'm snorkeling and it was really cool. And to he was hear explaining that. the different manta rays and yeah. animals he was seeing. You you mentioned traveling to learn lessons from cultures around the world. I didn't preface this question. So to the best that you can, what would be three lessons that you feel like you've gleaned from your travels? One I one I think about um, was like very like right off the bat, right? We were traveling in Tonga, and honestly, it was like our first like real stop. And we were there, we were seeing the humpback whales. It was just an incredible experience. But every morning, the boat leaves pretty early, and there was one gym, one gym on there. You know, we like to work out, so we wake up early, go to this gym, and find out that it it um it's locked. It, it's locked, and it it just doesn't open on time, and it's a dollar a day. It's like the most janky like. I don't know, like wooden, like, what was it? It was like... You were like pushing wheelbarrows yeah, and like, had like train wheels so and just ghetto. heavy chains. It was but cool But it, it was the only gym on the island. And we went to the guy and we were like, hey, if you can open up later on in the day after we get back from the whales, uh, we'll pay you 20 bucks a day. Because the hours of this gym were from 9 a.m. Till, till noon. Yeah, the, the hours sucked. And uh, anyway, it was a dollar a day. And the guy was like, no. I was like, dude, I'll give you $20 a day. 
that's like gotta be your year salary. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Such like a, and he, it was like a no brainer to him. And I think right off the bat, we had that American mentality of like, don't mm. you want to make money? And don't you want more? Yeah. Like, this is so easy. You can, you can have all this if you do, you know, like that was such like a, yeah, an American, like more, more, more type of mentality that we brought into it and realizing that this Tongan man was like, I want to go home and be with my family after 12 PM. So no. Mm, mm. And I was like, wow, touche, man. Like that, that was a good lesson to learn that not everybody thinks the way we think. Mm. You got That's one? awesome. Uh, I always just remember when we traveled to Turkey our first time and like, I hate to even say it this way, but if you were to like go and ask uh, a young American to like draw a picture of like what they think of when they think of like terrorists, when we landed in Turkey, like that's the type of people that we were surrounded by. And both of our moms on the flight to Turkey called us being like, we don't feel good about you being over there. We're really nervous. It was during like the coup over there. And uh, uh, there was just a lot of like bad stuff being said in the American news about Turkey. But fortunately, by this time, we had traveled to enough places that we realized most of the stereotypes you have going into a place are very wrong. And once you get to know the people there, um, they're just kind, wonderful people. So uh, we decided to do the same when we landed in Turkey. Let's give it at least 24 hours, feel it out, even though both of our moms back home are freaking out. And sure enough, Turkey, if we were to like make a list of just the sweetest, kindest people that we've crossed yeah. uh, around the entire world, Turkey would be at the very top of that list. Just the sweetest, most kind people, which just, you know, was a lesson for us forever not to judge any people by their reputation, not to judge any book by its cover. And um, it also just put a turkey in a very sp special place in our hearts, be knowing that they do have kind of this negative reputation, that entire part of the world, <clears throat> and they just live with it, you know, and, and they have to rise above it and be very forgiving to people who come with that stereotype and just wow. be kind and welcoming and, until people can learn better. Dang. Wow. <laughs> Those are two phenomenal lessons. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. That's what I was um, saying, though, as we started to, like, see that the influence that these travels were, were having on us and our kids, us together as a family, uh, that as parents became very addicting. And we just wanted more and more of that for our family. Have you ever had, like, negative, like, hey, they stole our bags or my my grandpa went to Egypt and asked a guy to take a picture of him on a camel? And he took a picture and <laughs> stole the camera and, you know, wanted however much money for it. Oh, wow. Anyway, any, well, does that I happen think, often? I think back to that same Tonga trip and we got on the plane and we arrived to Tonga and they were like, oh, the plane was too heavy. So we took off clearly tourist luggage. <laughs> so I was like, you know, didn't have a bag for like three or four days or something like that. You know, like stuff like that. It just... It just happens. And and unfortunately, America now has a really bad reputation. And some sometimes I'll admit, I'll tell people I'm from Canada. Everybody likes Canadians. So people will be like, where are you from? And I'm like, Canada. And they're like, fuck Canada. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so we, we've had to learn how. And, and actually, we, we love hearing how we're perceived. Americans are perceived, you know, and trying to hopefully be a good example of what you know Americans are all about and how 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 
you know, the American dream and what we believe it, it means to us. So we've tried to be good examples and stewards mm. of, of the American people. It is pretty cool. Obviously the internet is complicated and there's pros and cons to it, but like, um, the fact that we can see similarities mm-hmm. and connect through similarities through Facebook groups or, you know, whatever it is with someone in Turkey and Africa and all over the place. It's like, it's pretty powerful to the, I just think when I think of an Italian person, I don't like necessarily have stereotypes that are pre-populated. It's like, Oh, I don't know. There's probably people over there that are interested in pasta as well as American football, as well as, you know, what it's just a guy who's has different interests like me, you know? Anyway, but <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did, you, did you like that? Okay. I want to hear about bucket list studios. Oh man. All right. So bucket list studios is our attempt in a way to like transition our family from a life of very heavily social media into something that might hopefully become more like long-term and sustainable and not live and die based on social media. And a lot of that is just- And live and die on us and the kids. You know, a lot of it was like, do I want my kids in the spotlight? You know, how, and I'm sure you guys have had similar questions. Like how is this going to affect my children? There's just too many examples in Hollywood of like what happens to a young person when they have too much fame, too much success too early. And so just with all those things considered, we came up with the idea to take our, but at the same time, we didn't want to take the bucket list family that we've worked so hard to build as like a positive brand and message and just turn it off. And so the question was, how do we take that positive message that we want to share with the entire world and have it live beyond us? And the idea was to create a cartoon. And so currently we have hired a team of 10 And we also did a really cool thing where we invited our uh, bucket list community and audience around the world to chip in and be investors, like real, like put in money for actual ownership. We are proud of that party, (laughs) our members. Yeah, and it, it, it was such an incredible thing. We had... $10 $10 million total from 30,000 different investors around the world. Like you said, yourselves included. And it's uh, 50 different countries are represented within that investor pool uh, around the world. It was That's just awesome. su- such a cool thing, right? Um, and so now, now that puts the pressure and responsibility heavily on myself um, to create this into something truly special. I'm completely new to the world of entertainment and cartoon creation. Uh, our team is now 10 that we've hired. And I'll tell you this, uh, there, I, I've learned that there's a quick way that I could have done it. I could have outsourced to the right people and the cartoon could have been completed like a year ago, but it would be very surface level quality and just not very timeless. And if, uh, if I had a commitment to one thing, to our investors and people who believe in us, it would be that I'm going to do my very best to take the heart and soul that people have connected with the Bucket List brand and slow cook and bake that into this cartoon that'll be much more than just like a childish cartoon. 
what we don't want is somebody to just like put an iPad in front of their child and say, zone out and just kind of binge on this Netflix. Instead, we want this to be like full family entertainment where people very mindfully like gather together with family and friends and watch this show that is uh, life-changing messages, timeless, beautiful art, and really powerful music all packed into one. In order for me, especially as a rookie in this industry to do that, it's just been a long, slow process. So there's a lot of people. I'll get messages every day of people being like, hey, I gave you my money and now like I see nothing of it. It's already been three years. And if they only knew that I'm just cranking away behind the scenes like tirelessly. Um, but I just I just have to like know what I'm working on, stay patient while uh, cranking away. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. It's going really well and it's going to be incredible. I'm going to make sure of it. But I honestly don't know if it'll come out in two years, three years, 10 years. Like I'm just going to keep working on it until it's perfect. That's one thing that we learned from our travels that the world has greatly changed is you can go, say, into the mountains in Switzerland and you can see these towns that were so carefully designed and slowly built one stone at a time. And because of that effort up front, they get more beautiful with time as opposed to, I mean, I grew up in Utah and the place where I grew up in the mountains, when I grew up, there was like no homes. It was just us and our farmhouse. And now you go there and it's just hundreds and hundreds of homes, but they were built all over the last like few years. And I'm telling you, I, I don't want this to be the case and I hope I'm wrong, but my prediction is because it was built so frivolously, it's gonna fall just as fast. And that area of Utah won't be very valuable years down the road because of how quickly it was built. So what I'm trying to say is with this cartoon, I'm trying to have that like Swiss builders mindset and build it brick by brick so that it can last forever. Mm. Well, I'm willing to wait because <laughs> I have full faith and confidence in you, Garrett. So very excited to see how that turns out. Take your time with it, man. Don't rush a good thing. And also in regards to, uh, well, one with the Dorothy issue of her choosing the ski trip. Oh, it is, no. it is, this is the, uh, I guess the great conundrum of parenting mm -hmm. where the goal is to raise a responsible, independent person. Mm -hmm. But that hurts so bad when all you want them to do is just be completely like it's endearing when my kid needs me. Right. right. But dang. Yo, have you seen there's a movie? It's a popular movie, but I saw it for my first time on a flight the other day. Have oh. you seen the movie Father of the Bride? Ooh, it's been a while. Dude, it's been a while. Now that you have a daughter, watch it and we can just cry together. It is. <laughs> it's you. So bad. Dude. Garrett literally installed a basketball hoop in our <laughs> driveway, like right after he saw that movie. <laughs> uh, it, I was taking Drew to school today and she was just like, I glanced back at her and she shot me the sweetest yeah. smile and I smiled back and I said, What you thinking about, girl? And she said, I'm just thinking about God. And I was like, wow, really? She's like, yeah, I'm just talking to him. Aww. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You are my favorite person on planet Earth. You know? Yeah. But, that's so sweet. Wait, uh, so how old is she? Their little minds. How old is She's she? She's only three. Yeah. I 
Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said that to her either, which was beautiful. But it's but really special. To close the loop on the kids in the spotlight, like, I would much rather have parents like you influencing culture mm -hmm. and having family, like, sharing your family experience than all these horrible stories, right? Like, we've had conversations at length, still having conversations on a weekly basis about, like, how to navigate this. But like, I think of the Spider-Man quote with great power comes great responsibility. So it's like, you know, uh, don't, that, that's more of an onus on us to step up to the plate and raise responsible, uh, you know, ethical God fearing children, I think, and have that be the priority. And for us to make our choices on a daily basis to be in line with that, so hopefully they can glean from experience as well as like explicit lessons. But anyway. Well, and I think that's where both of our families really, <clears throat> I think have done an incredible job when it comes to social media. Like I always say, I think you can put out good, bad or nothing. Um, and mm. probably the normal person, me would put out nothing. But after, like you said, to whom much is given, much is required, you know, uh, you, it's better to put out good, you know? So to have two yeah. families, one in Tennessee and one in Hawaii, just putting out family and marriage yeah. and love and kindness and, you know, adventure and service, all the things, you know, like it's just, I, I feel like we're doing what we're meant to do right now. I think you guys just use the same quote. You use the Spider-Man version, you use the Bible version. <laughs> the, <laughs> thank you. I don't know why I said Spider-Man for it's sure. Like, <laughs> it's the same quote. She just used the Bible version. You use the Spider-Man version. <laughs> I connected with your version. <laughs> with, yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uncle, no, he's spot on. He, he, word for word. He got it right. The Spider-Man version. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thanks, G. Well, truly. We love you guys. We're so impressed. We just want to learn from you guys and hopefully make it to Hawaii to see you guys in person. Well, likewise. Yeah. We're just nothing but supportive and admiration for everything you guys are putting out there. So if you ever need anything from us, you let us know for sure. Yeah. No matter where I do have one question. Oh, one more question. Yeah. Hit us. Well, just one question off the top of your head. If we were to like, if you say it, if we were to go this summer somewhere and take our babies. Maldives, Manila. Let them answer. Okay. My bad. My bad. Anywhere in the world, we'll do it. How old's your little boy? Three and one. Oof. He'll be two in July. I may answer, but you got to go first. No, you go. I don't know. I got to think. All right. I'm going to suggest that you guys go to Belize because it's outside the country. You're getting a new culture, except everyone there speaks English. They accept the dollar. The drinking water is clean. It's very kid friendly. And then you're going to have like crystal clear water with cool wildlife, a bunch of sharks and turtles and, wow. and everything. So you're getting like so much of the goodness that, but you don't need to go like around the world to the Maldives or Bali for it. Okay. But if you it's do, direct my, uh, my vote's going to be, if you are ready to take a bigger step, Belize is a great one. If you want to stay like, I mean, it's probably like a three or four hour flight for you guys. And the time zone's probably pretty close probably to you guys. Same. If you do want to like go big, I would say Fiji. I think Fiji is hands down the most family friendly place you'll go. Almost every place you'll go, they literally have a nanny per child. So they'll like come to the dinner table and be like, oh, I'll take him and you can take her. And uh, no, literally just, as soon as breakfast, they come love your children. children and they love your children so much. You can just see the way they hold uh -huh. them. They will love them. And then, you know, you can do as much with your kids or without your kids. 
Um, water's beautiful, ocean's beautiful, and the people are just lovely. That was a good one. Yeah. I changed you my You guys answer. are such pros. <laughs> you guys are such pros. Okay, we're doing both. Okay, I do both. We're doing both. <laughs> Andrew, have you well, tried surfing before? I know how to surf. Uh, it Not well. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I got up on a wakeboard my first time trying. I got up on like a wake surf. All the I'm like pr- like skiing even my first try. Water skiing. Surfing took me so long. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I grew up doing all those board sports my entire life. Surfing is, I think that's why I'm addicted to it currently. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I love it though. Nothing like a nice morning in the water. Mm-hmm. I want to just sit here for the next 10 hours, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let you guys go. And yeah. we have a lot to talk soon. about and catch up on. So thanks for the time. Yeah, of course, guys.